Yeah, a show should never go past 100 episodes or else it starts to get stale with ridiculously stupid plot lines and settings. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. And this is episode 100! Yay! And as a special treat for all of our listeners, for our 100th episode, we are bringing you 100 takes. The hottest, freshest, finest takes. 100 of them. So, that's a lot of takes to get through, so we're going to get right into them. Uh, And we'll start with Eniash has a take on a uh, a follow-up story. Yes, these are some follow-up takes. Um, we talked about Claudine uh, Gay resigning. Before we get into this, oh. uh, listeners, in the outline, this is listed as follow-up slash Inyash regrets his words. Yes. Inyash and, does regret uh, his words. Also, I want to clarify, you will be getting 100 planned takes. Uh, there will probably be many more incidental takes. What? Uh, Bonus takes That get takes added the along people? the way. Nice. I, I know you guys can't control yourselves, so I'm sure, I'm sure there'll point. be more takes added. All right. Go, go. Take number one. Okay. Claudine Gay resigned from... T- this was Harvard, yeah? Oh, yes, it was Harvard. Okay. Yes. Uh, and we... Um, I... I think that I was um, kind of happy about it uh, too much. The um, God, I'm so sorry, listeners. I have a cold. And it is making all my recollections from anything that happened before the cold um, hard, and my brain is not so good. Um, but what I'm trying to get around to is I don't think what she did was really that big of a deal. I feel that like the incidental plagiarism that they do all the time in the in the various papers they put out is a very venial sin, and it's hard for me to get worked up about it. Like taking credit for a new idea or discovery is a very big deal, but just not properly citing everything that you're laying down and making your own arguments. I, I, I just cannot bring myself to care. There's, there's so much that's been priest said already. And that you got to re say apparently every time that, um, I just, just, I, I, I really don't think it's that big a deal. If All you right. don't cite every single one. Take number two, David. So I get where you're coming from, and strictly on the merits, you're not wrong, but academia is weird and dumb about plagiarism, uh, so you should understand this as a violation of in-group norms, not the universal law. Also, take unplanned take uh, number one, <laughs> um, I since I last updated my takes on this story, I learned that one of the things she plagiarized was the, um, like, the thank you section of her paper oh, yeah. where she's just like thanking her family and her dissertation <laughs> advisor. Yep. And if you can't come up with a half dozen original words to say thank you to people important to you, then you're probably just too dumb for the job. <laughs> All right. Take number three, Eniash. Take number three. Um, there are many good reasons for her not to have been the Harvard president. It's not like she actually said anything of interest in her dissertation or the various few papers that she put out. She did not have a strong academic record. But, you know, didn't, this this was a bad reason to try to get rid of her. No one cares about the plagiarism if you're like me. And, you know, honestly, people like me are the only people we care about, right? Well, that brings me to take number four. Which is that I agree that uh, plagiarism is really not a big deal, especially when it's just like incidental crap like this. Um, But the problem here is hypocrisy. 
Um, this woman was the president of Harvard University. Harvard University that has a policy on plagiarism that will punish students for doing the plagiarism. Uh, and as my uh, uh, consistent position has always been that people imposing the rules should be judged strictly on them and be held to much higher standards than the people that, that are, they're imposing the rules on. So if she wants to make if she wants to impose a rule and enforce a rule against plagiarism, then fuck you if you get caught up in it. All right, take number five, new story, Eniash. We also covered about the IRS waiving penalties for people who failed to pay back taxes in 2020 and 2021. Um, I it reminded me a lot of the government just saying, "Hey, you don't have to repay your student loans now," which irritated me. But upon further reflection, I actually know two people in real life that are pretty close to me who will be affected by this because they both had uh, penalties and back taxes that they had to pay. And both of them just made innocent mistakes in filing their taxes and it ended up hurting them for several hundred dollars. Um, So I regret my earlier take. And uh, I think that actually the correct take isn't how dare the IRS do this. It should be the IRS should do this a whole hecking lot more. All right. And take number six, Eniash again. And they should make TurboTax pay for all of this because the reason people (laughs) misfile their taxes is because TurboTax has been lobbying for many years to make it impossible for people to, uh, well, just to send the government a paper and the government tells you what you need to pay because the government already knows what you make if you work for a regular employer and get a W-2. They can tell you exactly what you need to pay every year without any hassle. And they don't. They make you file it yourself because TurboTax wants your money. Mm-hmm. There's your applause line right there. All right, take number seven, David. Taxation is theft. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next story. Uh, take number eight from Eniash. All right, we talked also about Texas beefing with the feds, uh, where they are taking control of the Texas border and not letting migrants through, even though that is federal policy and not state policy. Uh, This is a sort of follow-up to that. In the time since our last recording, Texas seized control of Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, which is where a lot of uh, feds uh, for the Border Patrol were staging and processing uh, migrants. They have wired it. uh, They have fenced the area off. They have kicked out the Border Patrol agents, and uh, they're stopping migrants from crossing the river at this area. Uh, This is interesting. This is literally uh, a state using force of arms to remove federal uh, agents. This this could be the beginning of a more violent physical conflict. I don't actually see that happening anytime soon. But it's really freaking weird that there isn't any way to negotiate a compromise that we don't have, I don't know, state ambassadors to the feds or federal ambassadors to the state or some way to like have these different parties discuss their different interests and come to a compromise as opposed to just like doing things and saying well if you don't like it send it in your tanks that uh, we may need to come up with something like that uh, i was confused by this story because i, I don't it, it's unclear to me what texas is doing it seems like they think the feds are like letting in all the migrants so they they want to keep the feds out so they can just like uh, uh, expel the migrants back over the border or something, but it's unclear like what their problem is with the feds being there, since the feds are there to ostensibly enforce the border. Uh, which brings me to take number nine, which is that 
you know, I think David has convinced me that open borders is, uh, you know, probably the best policy when it comes to immigration. But if we can't have open borders, it's much better to have orderly borders than it is to have weird border chaos like we have now. Um, and the federal government is just completely dropping the ball on this, and both because of the federal laws that say like, oh, yeah, well, if you just illegally cross the border... Then you can apply for asylum, and then you get released into the country, and then, you know, we just kind of tell you, okay, show up for your court hearing. Um, and also for enforcement reasons. But the feds are, like, really, seemingly really bad at controlling the border. Um, so I understand why people are upset about it. Uh, t- take number 10, David. It sucks that stopping immigration is what it takes to get states to stop bending over for the federal government, but it's good that states are no longer constantly bending over for the federal government. Uh, so what's your what's your proposed policy? States should just tell them to F off? I don't have a specific one for this specific uh, instance because, you know, my preferred policy is open borders. <laughs> uh, but assuming that this, like generate some kind of lawsuit which uh makes it to the supreme court and it results in them resurrecting the doctrine that yes there are in fact some things that the federal government doesn't completely control then it would be all for the good yeah i can't say i disagree with that i think it would be cool if states uh just decided to ignore the federal government sometimes when they did dumb stuff all right next story take number 11 eniash Malay is it pronounced Malay? Malay. Okay, Malay, the new president of Argentina, who was uh, recently voted into office, who is the anarcho-capitalist. Uh, we reported on this, I think, next last episode. He has repealed the major housing regulation in Argentina called the Rental Law. Uh, one month later, Buenos Aires apartments have the number of apartments available for rent has doubled, and rents are down twenty percent. I did not expect results this fast. I can't wait for the domino effect of dozens of countries doing this and we get and all getting super prosperous if this keeps up, because uh, I know we all love our free markets and our capitalism. But wow, that that was a lot faster than I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. All right. Take number 12 is that I am skeptical of this story. Uh, I tried to look up this and only found two sources, uh, both of which neither of which was in English. So, you know, Google Translate does does a good job, but I don't I don't know if these sources can be trusted. I don't know anything about them. Um, also, they said, well, uh, prices fell 20 percent, but they had prices had increased by like 300 percent in the past two years. So it could just be regular market volatility. Um, also, I couldn't really find out what the rental law does. Um, one of the things I, the only the only concrete thing I could find was that it required all leases to be at least three years it um, was, so i can see it was that plus rent control if i'm remembering right oh it was rent control too yeah all right well if it's rent control then yeah obviously repealing the law will uh increase supply because god do landlords hate rent control um but yeah i'm just skeptical of this story and i would i i, I will follow up at some point to be like okay well di- are, is this an enduring increase did it keep decreasing I mean, did it keep going down or was this just like you know, regular market volatility. All right. Uh, take number 13, David. Lucky number 13. Wes's skepticism aside, this is exactly what Econ 101 predicts. Therefore, not terribly surprising. All right. Now we're on to new news. And we're on to take number 14, Eniash. 
The U.S. and the U.K. launched strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen in response to their attacks on shipping. Uh, this obviously is a very good thing, which is, I guess, a surprise take um, that, that is not listed in the outline here. The actual take is that this goes against Peter Zahan's assertion that the U.S. is abandoning abandoning its naval protectorate role. Uh, apparently, Peter the US, Zahan? Peter Zahan is the guy who was saying that uh, it's the U.S. Zion. Is, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> is Zion? Uh, Freaking... Yeah, it's not quite pronounced like uh, like the name for the Holy Land, but close enough. Okay. Uh, point is, his argument is that the U.S. is abandoning its role as the um, safeguarder of international shipping, and uh, due to go- going increasing isolation, and this is going to hand the world over to China and make things worse overall in general for everybody. But uh, it looks like the U.S. is not quite doing that because it is here bombing the shit out of people who are disrupting international trade, as is one of the most important jobs of empires everywhere. So, two two surprise takes. Uh, first. His story is not that we're going to hand the world over to China because his story is that China is going to collapse. And uh, second, I will point out that the naval response was a lot uh, later than a lot of people were expecting, myself among them. So I would still chalk this up as worst case neutral, most likely case slightly positive evidence for Zion's assertion. All right. You know well, my take number 15 is that once again, the mind killer is setting U.S. policy. We called for this, I think, two weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, when we were like, hey, why don't you guys shoot at the guys who are shooting the rockets? And the U.S. government was all like, no, 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 we're definitely not going to do that. Um, so thankfully, they're listening and they should keep listening and do more stuff that we say. Absolutely. All right. Next story. Take number 16. Inyash. The Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ stock indices closed up 14%, 24%, and 43% respect, respectively in 2023. Woo! Uh, On plan yeah. take, this should have been in happy news. <laughs> uh, hmm, that's a good point. It probably should have, yeah. Um, the actual take is, from me, this is just the beginning, and we should expect double digits from now on. Uh, take number 17, David. Uh, take 17, I am still bearish over the short to medium term until we get the fundamentals of our economy unfucked. By which, which fundamentals I, are fucked? Uh, housing, energy, and uh, internal trade. Oh man, those are fucked. Wait, what's wrong with internal trade? The Jones Act. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's been the same thing for the Jones Act. How old is the Jones Act? Um... World War One, I, I believe. Like a uh, yeah. hundred years and change at this point. Right. Well, we've had plenty of uh, growth since then, although not uh, not not double digit sustained growth. So I no. guess maybe you have a point there. Yeah. If we can, if if I had to pick one of those to drop, it would be the internal <clears throat> trade one. But you know, while yeah. we're wish casting. Yeah, housing and energy uh, could definitely put the brakes on all the the celebrating. Uh, my take number 18 is that investment in index funds continues to be the winning strategy. Um, these indices are just like, just made tons of money. Um, you invested in the S&P 500, your, you, your, your investments went up 24%. That's so much. That's like so much money. Uh, so just, you know, don't take investment advice from a podcast, but, but buy index funds. All right. 
Take number 19, new story, is that Congress has agreed on a budget deal. So we're not going to get another government shutdown. And we're not even going to get like a weird standoff like we got last time. Uh, The fun part is that the budget deal is basically the exact same deal that they agreed to during the debt ceiling negotiations that the Republicans backed out of and then um, unbacked out of. And now they agreed to it. Uh, so my take number 19 is that the Freedom Caucus are a bunch of stupid babies because they're the ones who were throwing the tantrum about the budget in the first place. Uh, they removed Mike McCarthy over it and then ended up not getting what they wanted anyway and are probably not going to do anything about it because what are you going to do? I agree. Yeah, I agree too. And also they're terribly misnamed. The Freedom Caucus? Yes. What? They don't love freedom? It's not, their whole thing isn't freedom. It's just throwing tantrums and being whiny babies. I think they don't think that there's a difference, but they're wrong about that. <laughs> I mean, I had a, a whiny baby and she thought that was freedom. Yes. <laughs> whiny babies are often known for being wrong about things. Indeed. Uh, take number 20 is that the only real change in this from the original deal was that it cuts $20 billion out of the new IRS funding. They had promised $80 billion. Now they're only getting $60 billion. And that was like the one thing that they were like, all right, we'll do the budget deal except for this part, which is how you know that that was like their number one priority the whole time. Um, And remember that this IRS funding was just to audit really, really rich people. Um, So it's just like... It's kind of nice to see them go back to their roots this way, because until Trumpism, basically the entire Republican Party for the 20 or 30 years before that, their only real priority was cutting taxes on rich people. So it's kind of cute to see them like go back to their greatest hits. Uh, This isn't actually a tax cut, but it is making it easier for really, really rich people to cheat on their taxes, which is just as good. Uh, Take number 21, Eniash. This is just to say that the total u.s debt is over 43 sorry 34 trillion dollars which is 123 percent more than the entire u.s makes or it's 123 percent of the entire u.s gross domestic product for one year which seems like a whole heckin lot that does seem like a whole heckin lot though not internationally like not that much when you compare us to other countries oh in terms of how much debt we have yeah and the debt to gdp ratio Oh, geez, that sounds terrible. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of countries that have a real uh, real problem on their hands. Yeah. All right, but take number 22, Eniaj. But but take number 22, I'm kind of less concerned about the national debt than I was in the past because, as I said earlier with the uh, stock market take, I expect double-digit growth for a decade or more. <laughs> take number 23, David. Uh, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what it says in the outline. In response to take number 23, we're in the ramp up to the singularity. Silicon mines are already creating a lot of additional value, uh, and we're just barely beginning to use them. We're, it's going to be a lot of growth for, for quite a while. I'm kind of with David on this one. I expected that from, you know, the internet also, because uh, it's a super amazing productivity tool, but didn't really materialize so uh i'm i'm out of the business of predicting like huge unprecedented growth ah but you forgot about how much time the internet allows you to waste as well you think ai won't allow you to do that are you kidding me (laughs) you think ai won't hijack your mind and force you to waste time 
Oh, oh, hmm. I, well, I hope not. Now I've got some worries. I mean, that's what, if the internet is like, you know, making it super e- easy to to waste time and almost too easy so people can't resist it. I mean, AI is going to do that 10 times as bad. And what if the AI forces you just to write fan fiction for several hours right. every day? All right. <laughs> So we can't we can't do a callback to that every episode. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to take number twenty four, which is a new story about how Trump has promised to pardon all the January sixth rioters. Well, not all of them. He he said he'd pardon most of them, uh, and and did not specify which ones. He's like, no, actually, they can get fucked. Um, <laughs> my take is just that, of course, he will. Like, how did anyone doubt this? The only thing he cares about with anyone is, are they on my side? These guys are on his side, so of course he's going to pardon them. He's going to do whatever he can for them. Uh, Enia, shake number 25. This makes it significantly more obvious, if it wasn't already, that he was hoping for a coup. He is signaling loudly to people, hey, if there is a coup and it goes well, you are totally in the uh, in the in-group, and you will not pay any consequences for this. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely hoping for that. Uh, yeah. You could tell because when people told him it was happening, he didn't like do anything to try to stop it. And the first thing he tweeted out was like, oh, you're all wonderful. I love you. <laughs> uh, take number 26, David. Uh, January 6th continues to be an overrated event in terms of se- yeah, specifics. And pardoning the rioters would be largely good, even if Trump's doing it for obviously cynical reasons. That's nonsense. Uh, January 6th, I mean, you want to call it overrated, uh, I guess because some people are making it into, you know, the storming of the Bastille, which it was not. Uh, but it definitely was an attempt by a bunch of people to overturn an election, uh, somewhat by force. Um, a bunch of people were there just, because uh, they're dummies and didn't actually intend on doing anything. But, like, there was a good handful of them that really were, uh, and that's pretty fucking shitty. And uh, I really hope nothing like that happens again. Uh, speaking of it not happening again, happening again, take number 27, David. I would bet that Trump is not actually going to pardon the January 6th rioter- rioters in significant numbers, conditional on him winning in 2024. Um, he has a very small contacts window, God bless him. And also... <laughs> I imagine there's going to be a good bit of, but what have you done for me lately? That's going to undercut the basic loyalty instinct insofar as he has any. Yeah, those are very good points. I would not take the other side of that bet. Uh, <laughs> Trump. Oh, God. I, I, I have no idea what he'll do because he's such a gerbil. All right. Take number 27, Eniash. Or take number, sorry, this is take number 28. And we got a new story. Yes. Trump made fun of Nikki Haley for in the recent Republican debate when she was asked about what caused the Civil War. She did not say that it was about slavery. <laughs> Which was hilarious. There's a great, there's a great video She's of like, him being I like, I don't know, like states' rights and uh, not wanting to be pushed around by the federal government. That's what this is about, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she definitely oh, fumbles. <laughs> more, more presidential debates that are just high school history quizzes, please. <laughs> if, if that was a thing, then I might actually watch them. Yeah, but that Trump comes out and makes fun of her. He does. Yeah. He says, "Like I'm pretty sure it was slavery." Yeah, what, she, she rambles for three minutes and can't just say slavery. Yes, my <laughs> just, my preferred oh. clap back to that line is a state's right to do what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, what's your actual take? 
my actual take is, can we nominate Trump for National Gesture? Because I think that would be a really good role for him. It fits his personality. He gets to do that whole speak truth to power thing or something like it. And it gives representation to the people who need it, who need someone like him to be up there um, poking his eye in the, in the poking his finger in the eyes of uh, the people in power. All right. Take number 29 is that, that he would be a terrible national jester because the whole point of a court jester is they are the lowly, humble servant who insults the powerful by pretending to compliment them. Uh, and Trump could never pull that off in a million years. Trump had a role similar to this during the Obama presidency. And all he was doing was saying, show us your birth certificate. Where's your birth certificate? Nah. It wasn't funny at all. <laughs> he sucks as a jester. Mm. Uh, you make a good counterpoint. <laughs> all right. Next story. Eniash, take 30. Trump will not be allowed to make closing arguments in his case in New York, the New York civil fraud trial. No. Because his, his lawyers could not guarantee that he would stick to matters relevant to the case during the closing arguments. Yeah. Uh, my yeah, take the, is, judge, <laughs> the judge was like, I mean, normally you're not allowed to do that when you hired a lawyer. Um, but I'll let you do it, but you got to play by the same rules as your lawyers do. Only relevant matters. You can't make a political speech. You're not allowed to talk about how much, you know, everyone sucks. And he's like, all right, pass then. Okay, so the specific <laughs> ruling was that Trump wouldn't be able to personally make the closing argument, not that his side wouldn't get one? Correct. Right. Okay, cool. I okay, I was kind of alarmed for a second there. Yeah, and the the... What, what the plan was that his lawyers were going to make closing arguments, and then he was also going to make one. <laughs> and the judge was like, okay. I, you know, and you know, he'd never allow a normal litigant to do this, but Trump is a special baby, so he gets special rules. But he did say, like, but you have to, you have to follow the lawyer rules. And he's like, no, forget it then. Eniash, <laughs> <laughs> what's your take? My take is that, see, he's legitimately hilarious. I mean, that is hilarious. You got me there. <laughs> All right. Next story. Take number 31. This is about the NRA and Wayne LaPierre, the head of the NRA, has resigned um, ostensibly for health reasons, but really for corruption reasons. And my take is that I nominate Yassine Meskout as the new CEO of the NRA. He would be a great oh, CEO. Yes. Uh, if you don't know Yassine, he was just on a, a Bayesian conspiracy episode that you should have listened mm. to. And if you didn't, what are you doing with your life? Uh, he's great. He's a defense <laughs> lawyer. So he probably, you know, won't commit, you know, run afoul of too many criminal laws. He's a, a, a big gun guy. He knows lots about guns. He's a dynamic speaker and he's just all around a cool guy. Uh, and he's not white. So, you know, you get uh, woke points for that. So I think I think he would be like the perfect choice. Um, so that's Agreed. my nomination. And if he uh, ends up running the NRA, uh, th then I'll join. All right. Take number 32. Eniash. Yeah. Um, my take is that I hope this was an internal decision due to his revealed misalignment with the NRA's goals, like the goal of not being stolen from, um, and not this just due goal. to outside optic concerns. All right, take 33, David. Good. Fuck him. <laughs> what, for all the fraud and theft? Uh, or, like, and, other reasons? And just for, like, being a completely garbage upholder of Second Amendment rights in America. Really? Yeah. Because, like, Second Amendment rights have done pretty good lately, but you don't think that had anything to do with the NRA? Nope. It's been no. firearm yeah, right. policy coalitions, the big name that's coming to mind right now, but basically, since the NRA has been in a slow-motion uh, self-destruction, other groups have stepped up to uh, 
take on the role that they notionally have been taking. All right, so if people actually care about Second Amendment rights, who do they support? Uh, Firearm Policy Coalition's who I'd recommend. All right, cool. All right, take number 34. Next story, Eniash. Okay, there's a whole bunch of stories that are teeing this one up. Uh, ISIS suicide bombers were responsible for two explosions in Iran that killed nearly 100 people at a memorial for one of their generals that we droned a few years ago. Uh, ISIS condemns Hamas for sacrificing the people of Gaza for Iran's regional project. And also they have done some suicide bombings on Hamas as well as part of this condemnation. And the Islamic Fatwa Council found Hamas to be a human rights violator and issued a fatwa against them. They say Hamas has conducted a reign of corruption and terror and has prohibited praying for, supporting, or fighting for Hamas. All right. Uh, Go ISIS and the Islamic Fatwa Council. Good guys. I've been saying it the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) All right. Take number 34. The the take is there's lots of politics and hatreds within groups that Americans often see as one homogenized turbaned mass. uh, Ironic because none of those groups wear turbans. That's (laughs) the Sikhs. That's part of the... (laughs) I know. No, I, you're our, absolutely uh, right. Okay. <laughs> but that's uh, Thank you. why it's especially funny. Yes. All right, take 35. Take 35. While two of our enemies who are both horrible fighting each other is technically good for us, uh, it is always sickening when they target civilians for slaughter, which a lot of these suicide bombings uh, that they use as tactics is we're doing exactly that. So, uh, boo, despite the fact. Right? What's that, up? What's yeah. up with all these groups who are like, nah? We, we understand that you guys figured out how to make war less terrible, like uh, you know, close to a hundred years ago. But you know, we just we don't give a shit about that, and we're just gonna make war as terrible as possible. I mean, I guess it's because they can't win a non-terrible war, but they yeah. can't win this either. So what the fuck are they doing? Just being terrible. I mean, terrible. Their self-stated aim is to die for their god. Uh, well, they can do that in other ways. Yes, but those don't <laughs> count for some reason. I'm sure the NRA will help. <laughs> Shit, I'll help. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, Hamas, you want to die for your god? I mean, I'll, I can find uh, thousands of volunteers. All right, David, th- take 36. I did not have um, ISIS joining the Indian white supremacists as the big supporter, big regional supporters of... Uh, well, I was going to say supporters of Israel, but opponents of Hamas in and around the Middle East. So, guess I need to throw out this bingo card. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Next story, Eniash. Next story, 900 post office managers were wrongly convicted of theft and fraud over a 14-year span in the UK due to a faulty computer system. Yeah, what the fuck and- is this? Yeah, yeah. 900 post office managers. 14 years. Yes. Before they figured this out. Lives have been ruined. Some people committed suicide. Like, it was... And it's not like they couldn't have figured it out. There were people pointing to this and saying, like, hey... Um, guys, th- this is this is a problem with the software for many years, and we're just ignored. Now, t- now let's uh, be sure to clarify. This was in England. In England, yes. yes. This is not America. We wouldn't do no. that, I'm sure. Our government's never that incompetent <laughs> at all, ever, about anything. It is right now a massive scandal in the UK, and is yeah, being called so. one of... Yeah, 
one of the uh, biggest miscarriages of justice uh, in their history. I don't know how how true that is, but it seems to be extremely big anyway. Uh, all right, take number all thirty-seven. Broke, uh, oh, sorry, go this ahead. broke because of one stubborn branch manager and a docudrama uh, that nothing else seemed to crack it, which is why it was you know going on for fourteen years. I, I gotta say, a viral docudrama is a shit hack to get justice, but apparently it's better than what's default available in England. So uh, you can work with what you got. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so I just looked it up, and there are 11,500 branches of the UK post office. So this is pretty close to 10% of the entirety of the post office managers in England. Yep. Oh, my God. I, th- I For a second, I was like, that's a math mistake. But it's not. No, that's close to 10%. It's probably like 9%. Eight. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, mm-hmm. dude, get fucked whoever was like prosecuting this yeah she's oh god you got it this it's gonna you know it's gonna come out that somebody like saw this glitch and covered it up like some overzealous prosecutor or something I, all right yeah. <laughs> all right well now that we're all depressed next story <laughs> two chinese labs working on replicating lk99 appear to have found a room temperature superconductor which uh, maybe sounds like something you heard earlier no but, uh... this has never happened before <laughs> I I just want to say it's obvious there's something going on with the substance here, and I'm glad that we're still working at it as opposed to just shelving it when there was a fail one you know a failure to replicate it uh, with, uh, with the right. junk that we had. Well, that was take number thirty eight. Take number thirty nine is that this is fake again, um, and mm. don't believe fakers. Um, last time we said it was fake, and so many other people said it wasn't, and we were right. So I'm saying it again. It's fake. There is no. They have not found. Uh, they did not replicate LK-99. That's not a thing. Uh, take 40, David. Yeah, um, I agree with take 39. Uh, one of the reasons <laughs> LK-99 got so much um, momentum was that South Korea is really good at solid-state physics, and several early people who were asked for a comment about this said, like, I don't know if it's real, but I would entirely believe that just some random lab in South Korea found a room temperature superconductor. That is not true of China. So this one isn't even a plausible fraud. All right. Next story and take 41, Eniash. AI is about to disrobe academia. Hey, love it. Bill Ackman's wife is accused of plagiarism. Uh, Bill Ackman's wife is a professor at MIT. Uh, Bill Ackman himself was saying that Claudia Gay is a hypocrite and deserves to lose her job because she shouldn't be doing all that plagiarism stuff. And who's Bill Ackman? Uh, I don't know. Some kind of news guy? A tech billionaire. Yeah, some kind of... I think. Oh, a tech billionaire. We love them. But his wife is a professor at MIT. And so when he was saying that Harvard or that um, Harvard was right to get rid of gay for plagiarism, uh, somebody (laughs) accused her of plagiarism with gay for plagiarism sounds like the worst interest group ever. (laughs) I I chip it. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Finance bro billionaire. Ah, oh, well. Okay. Still pretty cool. Even better. Well, in retaliation, 
Bill Ackman said that he is now going to investigate all current MIT faculty members and president and other officers of the corporation and its board members for plagiarism, which you can do now that you have AIs, which can scan literally all the text in the human corpus and compare it to the the official dissertations and and uh, various reports, not reports, what do you call them, papers that people have put out and find the places where they're similar. So, um, yeah, AI is about to drop some bombs. All right, take 42, Eniash again. Get you a spouse like Ackman. That is that is awesome. Right? Fucking stepping up and going to war for your wife like that. Oh, I love that. Even if even if you're wrong, I love seeing it. Cause like, yep. You know what? Just 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 in public, defend your wife. If they're wrong, maybe tell them. You know, privately. But yeah, get out there. All right, take forty three. Is my I just put popcorn mean here because this is gonna be awesome. Oh, there's gonna <laughs> be so much plagiarism found, and they're gonna have to like. There's going to be so much throat clearing and, and hypocrisy everywhere, and they're going to try to figure out how to how to say that, like, yeah, dude, everybody plagiarizes and no one cares um, without actually saying that. It's going to be so fun. Uh, David uh, has three takes here. So we got 44, 45, and 46. So, David, hit us with them. Uh, going after someone you don't like's wife, seriously, the media is literally less honorable than the mafia. Also, these fuckers mm-hmm. kicked a tiger in the ass with no plan to deal with the teeth. I am also getting out my popcorn. And uh, <laughs> the guy who broke this quote-unquote story about Bill Ackman's wife is literally the same guy who attempted uh, murder by journalism on Peter Thiel. Time is a flat circle. Mm. I'm sorry, who attempted murder by journalism on Peter Thiel? Uh, the guy who broke this lack of story on Bill Ackman's wife. But, like, what... Oh, Peter Thiel, they tried to murder attempt, him with journalism? How did he attempt murder by journalism? Yeah. Uh, he outed, I don't think I know this story. Yeah, he outed Thiel as gay while Thiel was on a business trip to Saudi Arabia. Oh, shit. Ooh. I knew about the outing. I didn't know he was in Saudi Arabia at the time. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, fuck this guy. All right. Eniash has a follow-up take. Number 47. Yeah, the plagiarism it actually seemed to be pretty, especially bad in her case. Uh, I heard one person say that the plagiarism issue seems more like busting Al Capone for tax evasion. The real issue is that there's nothing there in her paper. And if you read it with any technical background, it feels like that scene from The Shining, where uh, the wife looks at her husband's novel manuscript that he's been working on for months, and it's just the same one line typed over and over and over and over and over. Uh, the, yeah, apparently if you actually read the paper, there's like... Th- is this referring is- to Claudine Gay's thesis? No, this is referring to Bill Ackman's wife's oh. thesis. <laughs> There's random shit quoted from uh, Wikipedia. It just takes left turns. It doesn't say anything. He's like, this the academia is in a sad state if uh, this was passed. Oh, yeah. Because well, that's no one would have of, even been... That's part of what's going to be so fun about this, is it's going to become increasingly clear that nobody reads these things. Mm-hmm. And that they just churn them out perfunctorily. Yeah, we're not going to be covering the take uh, academia is fucked up anytime soon because it's not news. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that'll have to go in troop deployments. All right. Next story. Eniash. Give us a story and take number 48. Uh, Chris Rufo, does he have a Harvard degree? He said he has a degree from Harvard, but then it um, was reported that the degree is from Harvard Extension School, Extension which is not the Extension o- School. Yeah, it's not the official Harvard. That's the one where you mail in some homework and they mail you a degree. I guess <laughs> I don't know anything about it personally. Uh, but, but what I do the, know about the, it is they let in a lot more people than real Harvard. 
Oh, yeah. And you do not spend all the time in the fancy place with all the really rich elite people, which is what you actually want out of a Harvard grad. That is what you are paying for. Uh, so my take is that, obviously, you do not have the Harvard degree that matters to everybody that wants to hire a Harvard grad because they want your tasty, tasty connections. Mm-hmm. All right, what's take number 49? Take number 49 is that a lot of elitist pricks are going mask off with this. Uh, in fact, there was a Harvard professor that was saying, yeah, Harvard Extension School is a load of shit where we shit on people and these degrees aren't worth shit, who then had to walk that back in the most carefully worded <laughs> lawyer speak I've ever seen, where she's like, actually, Harvard Extension School is wonderful and we treat all our students equally. Oh, yeah, um, I saw one of these. Oh, it was fantastic. It was just it this was... clearly like <laughs> hostage tweet. Yeah. It was just like, I, I regret my words. I think Harvard <laughs> Extension School is um, a totally a Harvard degree. Totally. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, what really bugs me is the hypocrisy of it. That if they would just cop to saying that, yes, there are noble superiors and uh, this is where the noble superiors go to get their degree and Harvard Extension School is just a way we use to milk some more money out of you people, then I... I would okay. I'd still be as incensed. I'd still be incensed because I, I hate the whole concept of nobility. But I would be less incensed because at least they're being fucking honest and to my face about it, as opposed to this bullshit where they pretend they are completely egalitarian and there's nothing that separates them and us. And uh, anybody could do this thing. So yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'd I'm be happy more on board to with see that. this exposed. Just, uh, if yeah. you're gonna go mask off, do take the whole mask off. Don't just yeah. don't just rip off the bottom part like Batman. I disagree. I think an underrated part of the competence crisis is that the elites no longer realize that there are some quiet parts that they shouldn't say out loud. And that's probably going to have some kind of bad consequences somewhere. Mm. All right. Well, here's take 50. Uh, Chris Rufo does have a Harvard degree. And if you don't like that, take it up with Harvard because they're the ones that run this weird side school and grant Harvard degrees to anyone who shows up. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Eniash is right that he doesn't have the Harvard degree that everyone cares about, but it's Harvard universities out there just handing out degrees. So if he wants to go (laughs) say, I got a Harvard degree, and you go to Harvard, and Harvard says, yes, he got a Harvard degree. Yes, we are taking all of our institutional credibility and prestige and putting it into this thing, then that's on them, man. Chris Rufo has a Harvard degree, and anyone who says he doesn't can get fucked. Fair enough. All right, next story. Oh, and I will point out, we that was take 50. So we're at the halfway point, and we are at under Woo-hoo. 50 minutes. So you people are getting more than one take per minute. My God, you're so lucky. Damn. All right, next story, and take 51 from Eniash. Next story is that corruption inside the Chinese rocket force and throughout the nation's defense industry base is so extensive that U.S. officials now believe she is less likely to complement contemplate major military action in the coming years than would have otherwise been the case. Yeah, turns out a lot of their rockets according to U.S. Intel just will not even take off. Yeah, also happy news. Yeah, a lot of their ICBMs were filled with water instead of fuel. (laughs) And like the the launch doors on their bunkers didn't open. Also, Rocket Force is a cool name. It's true. I wish we had a Rocket Force. We do. We just call it Strategic Air Command, which is a much cooler name. No, Rocket Force, come on. I will fight you on this, Wes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to do that right now because we have take number 51. 
Uh, Russia has a very similar problem, and so whatever beefs you may have with work ethics, and specifically the Protestant work ethics that I know uh, Wes is not a big fan of, uh, they seem vital to having a functional society that can defend itself. Uh, My take, number 52, is that our government is hideously corrupt, but it could be worse. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, whatever you want to say, uh, I, our rockets probably have rocket fuel in them. So be thankful for ethics rules and public access laws and all that other shit that makes it harder for our government to be as corrupt as China's. And also Protestant work ethic, which makes people actually take a little bit of care even when they can't get caught. All right. All right. You're saying Protestant work ethic. Work ethic. What you're talking about is honesty, uh, which uh, is a different thing. I think honesty in your work is part of that work ethic. I mean, maybe, but we, we don't... That's, that's the, the good part. It's the yes. rest of the Protestant work ethic that sucks. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Take 53, David. Communism is still bad. Bingo! Boo! <laughs> I mean, yay! Boo communism. Yay this take. Even conditional <laughs> on being an authoritarian dickwad. For God's sake, don't be a communist authoritarian dickwad. Uh, can I recommend Lee Kuan Yew slash Havelock Veterinary style benevolent tyranny instead? Uh, what is that? Give us a 10 second description. Uh, dictator of, um, Singapore who read actual economics papers and so Singapore actually managed some reasonable total factor productivity growth instead of just, uh, catch up capital accumulation like the rest of the Asian tigers and, um the dictator of Ankh-Morpork Pork from the Discworld series. Ah, uh, all right. So capitalist dictator, not communist. Sorry, dictator. tyrant of Ankh-Morpork. Pork. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Next story and take number 54, Ineage. A comedian that was fired by an NPR affiliate station was ordered to get his day job back because they fired him for uh, his jokes and the Off arbitrator the job ruled jokes. his jokes. Off-the-job jokes, yes, that uh, that they had no business even digging into. Uh, and the arbitrator ruled his jokes as being simply funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is just fantastic. It's great. Uh, the take is that the law created the necessary conditions for wokeism, and the law can roll it back. Thank you, arbitrator. All right, my take number 55 is that now that I realize that comedians can sue and get their jokes rolled funny, uh, I will be suing for a declaratory judgment that I am handsome and charming. And what court could deny it? Certainly not the court of public opinion. Certainly not. All right, David, take number 56. Uh, This is good, but I can't believe that the work environment will be particularly non-hostile after this. So I I hope that uh, I remembered the guy's name and then it ran out of my head. Uh, Jad, Jad Sliman. Uh, I wish him well, but I don't especially expect it, especially over the short term. Yeah, so here's the thing about wrongful termination suits, is that nobody actually goes back to work. Um, They just get all their back pay from the time that they got fired to the time that the ruling came, and then they go get a better job. I believe in an interview that he gave very shortly after this, he said he is planning to go back into work. (laughs) All right, well, good luck to you, man. Uh, But, you know, don't be afraid to quit that job because it sounds like it's going to be crap. I don't know. Mm. Maybe his bosses got fired over this, though. I mean, I would fire them. Heck yeah. So maybe they'll get better bosses. That'd be sweet. Bosses with a better sense of humor. But anyway, next story. And take number 57, Eniash. Mexican cartels use drones to kill 30 people, the first hit of its kind. Damn! Mm. 
Uh, take 57 is that we're definitely in the cyberpunk future now. That is pretty I know we have cyberpunk. been for a while, but yeah. All right, take 58, Eniash again. Take 58 is they obviously read my award-winning short story, Flee My Pretty One, which will be available in an anthology later this year. Uh, in a new collection of my very short stories, by the way, the original one was available from Writers of the Future, Volume 27. The real question is, what took them so long to read this? It was published back in 2018, uh, by which I mean to say that I'm, I'm actually legit surprised it took so long for drug cartels to start using drones to do hits, because this technology has been around for well more than half a decade. Jeez, I think probably a full decade by now, and just low-hanging fruit no one bothered to pick. I mean, maybe it's hard to get those uh, military-grade drones. I don't know. You don't need military-grade drones. Fucking Amazon delivery drone could do it. Any quadcopter could do it. I guess, yeah. Just just jury-rig it a little bit. Uh, All right. David, take 59. So, take 59, which is very apropos. Uh, Were these, like, Bayraktar-style fixed-wing drones or quadcopters? Uh, The appropriate response to this, both personally and policy-wise... Uh, is very different based on the answer. Dude, I have no idea. What's up, Bayraktar? Uh, yeah, I don't those, know the, the, these words you said. Those really cheap uh, Reaper drones we have at home, made by Turkey, that have been showing up on both sides of the war in Ukraine. Huh. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, next story, and take 60, Eniash. Next story, regulators ordered U.S. airlines to temporarily stop using some Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes because a piece of one of them blew out in the middle of a flight. Uh, The the door plug just flew out, and fortunately there was nobody sitting next to it. Uh, The plane landed safely with uh, nobody injured. When you say the door Um, plug flew out, what what does that actually, what what happens on the plane there? Uh, There's a big asshole in the plane the size of a door. So the door got flew up no no i mean there's a place where a door could have been installed there but there was no door in this actual model they just put a plug in instead oh so door plug is is literally a door size thing that they put in where the emergency door could go but they decided not to put an emergency door there yeah okay so big honking hole in the side of the plane at thirty thousand feet is what we're talking about here hole big enough to fit a human through oh total bummer that's what they call rapid decompression. Oh yes, or as yeah, uh, uh, or as uh, uh, George Carlin put it, roof flies off. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so what's the take? Take number sixty. Uh, the take is like I'm still gonna fly. I'm not about to cancel any of my tickets because uh, of of this happening because it's an extremely low probability event. But I also do not want to be on a 737 Max nine plane. And so the fact that the FAA granted them kind of makes me feel like maybe some regulation is good. Actually, <laughs> I think David had a response to that. Yeah, that's bait. <laughs> Rise to the occasion, David. I'm expecting some sort of thing that this would be uh, prevented with liability insurance getting too expensive on that model of plane. Yes. All right. Glad we answered that. Uh, my take 61 is that uh, some, of course, some regulation is good. There's a, it, nothing's all bad or, or all good. Um, the problem with regulation is that there's no real safeguards other than industry capture to make it efficient. So you can say, uh, yes, we want uh, to make a rule that the roof or that the, the doors should not fly off the plane mid-flight. And everyone can be like, yes, yes, we agree. That is a very good rule. We should have that rule. Uh, and then they start making all these other rules, and there's nobody to say, like, um, actually, there's, uh, you know, the cost of that rule is a little bit high and more than the benefits, and we shouldn't have that rule. Um, because you've got 
you know, the the regulators always want tighter regulations, and industry always wants looser regulations. Uh, industry does not always want looser regulations, oh, that's especially true. not when there are big incumbents like there are in air, uh, airlines. True, oligopolistic industries all want uh, tighter regulations, too, because, yeah, then no competition. Um, but, yeah, so there's very few uh, ways to be like, how? what's the actual cost-benefit analysis here? Uh, and that's why I, I'm against most regulatory agencies, not because each individual regulation is bad, but because overall there's just no very little um, connection between the actual like cost benefit of a regulation and its likelihood of being uh, put in place. I agree with you now. My previous position was that all regulation is bad. <laughs> all right. Well, glad to have you on uh, uh, take a more nuanced position so you can more effectively argue our side to other people. Indeed. All right. Next story and take number 62, Eniash. Jesus Christ, why am I reading all these stories? I'm the one with the fucking cold here. Because you put them all on the outline. You (laughs) You guys are slackers. No, it's the you just can't stop putting, like, It was admittedly my idea to have 100 takes. That's true, this was your idea. Uh, I didn't expect to get sick. Always (laughs) taken down by a virus. All right, where were we? Ah, yes, the most high-cost borrowers, uh meaning people who take out payday loans, don't understand basic financial concepts according to a recent... I don't remember if it was a survey or uh, what exactly the methodology was, but according to according a to the news thing that I read. Yes, according to the news. Uh, I did not know that, actually, which, though, that was a major update for me. Uh, this underscores my idea, which I've expressed many times on my podcast and at least once or twice on this one, that uh, legal majority should be granted in pieces rather than all at once. Uh, can you consent to sex is different than can you sign a legal document Document is different than can you buy a house. And it should be also something that you have to test to get. So some people can get various parts of it at 14. Some people still won't have various parts of it at 45. Someone who cannot mentally mentally grasp this short sort of thing should be someone who can't take on debt. And anyone who gives them debt should have no recourse to be able to collect it when they can't collect it. All right, David, take number 63. Uh, it kind of is granted piecemeal, though. Like, you can do most things at 18, mm. can't, but can't drink until 21, or rent a bus until 25, if I remember right. Um, the problem here is a broad failure of the school system to teach basic financial literacy. Schools to lend a bingo. Hey. <laughs> All right. Take 64 is that, first of all, it should not be surprising that people who make clearly bad financial decisions don't understand finance. Payday loans are some of the dumbest financial decisions you can make. Uh, and yet people do them. And if it was actually just people doing them in real emergencies where they really just needed a few days and then everything would be fine, um, that would not be a real industry because there's not that enough, th- that many people in that situation. But these payday lenders are everywhere. Um, it's a huge industry. I... And it's just people who, who make bad financial decisions. But the other take on this is that um, you say um, someone who mentally can't grasp that uh, – shouldn't be someone who could take on debt and anyone who gives them debt should have no recourse to collect on it i mean they kind of don't it's very hard to collect debts actually and um people who take out payday loans usually don't have any assets that they can collect on so it's really like the 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 individual lending system is kind of self-regulating and that if banks make loans to people who don't pay them back that's really bad for the banks 
Um, so they try to only pay, make loans to people who they expect to pay back. And sometimes they get it wrong, uh, but probably not wronger than this, this than, than your system would be. How, how do they keep collecting on those payday loans? Then? they pay them back? Oh, okay. I mean, some people don't, but enough do that they make money off it. Well, they should stop paying them back. <laughs> they probably should. I mean, bankruptcy is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Take 65 and next story, Eniash. Medicare capped insulin at $35 a month. Specifically, that is the most that the government will pay through Medicare for various insulins. Uh, some insurance plans are therefore choosing not to cover insulins that have higher manufacturing costs. Um, my take is this, the shocked Pikachu face. Who could possibly have foreseen that if they were not getting paid enough to make it worth covering, insurances would stop giving this coverage? Uh, all right. And my take is that uh, sixty number 66... This is good, actually. Um, if plans are just not covering the expensive insulin, but people can still get their insulin, uh, it's just not as it doesn't have quite as many. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little, it's not as easy to uh, apply, or it's uh, doing other cost cutting things that make it less convenient or you know less uh, palliative. Um, that's fine because medicine is way too expensive and if you got to do stuff like that um then i'm cool with it if this leads to things actually costing less and more insulin getting made at that price point then uh i'm fine with it all right next story and take number 67 eniash the u.s is experiencing a police hiring crisis it's hard to get new people and offer officer resignations are up 47 percent my take is that most people are good, and right now, good people don't want to be cops. Womp, womp. All right, and take 68. Also, Eniash. This is the exact opposite of what is good for society. We want people who are the best people to be the ones that want to be cops. Indeed. Uh, Matt Iglesias had a pretty good idea, which is the, a government program similar to Teach for America, but it's Cops for America, where you give all kinds of incentives for um, new graduates to go be a cop for a couple of years. Um, And then maybe you decide you like it, which takes me to my take number 69, Nice, which is that (laughs) police officer is actually a great career. It's being being a police officer pays pretty well. um, And you get to retire in like 20 years and get a pension that's like 80 percent of your salary in most places. It's unbelievable. Um, It's like one of the best financial decisions you can make. Uh, and it's got great job security. Uh, promotions are usually just based on seniority, so you don't have to be that good at it. Um, <laughs> if I was if I was graduating recently and and didn't have like a real career that I was interested in, I would seriously consider a uh, police officer. And I think uh, anyone listening also should. It's it's a pretty good career. And then we can get good people to be cops and smart people to be cops, and you know they'll change the culture. All right, take number 70. Next story is that the NCAA is seemingly embracing name, image, and likeness collectives. Uh, Now, these collectives are um, a a really fun thing. So uh, about two years ago, I think, the NCAA changed its rules from nobody is allowed to pay college athletes to um, college athletes are permitted to sell their name, image, and likeness rights. So you want to go appear on a cereal box you want to sponsor a product. Um, you know how athletes do this stuff. You know, like uh, Patrick Mahomes is out there shelling for, uh, for insurance, whatever. They said, okay, NCAA players can do that. Um, but w- 
they they still can't get paid by their the schools because that's just icky. So what happened is that alumni groups came up with these name, image, and likeness collectives that just decided to go to all the best prospects and say, hey, if you come to our school, we'll buy your name, image, and likeness rights for way more than they're worth just because we want you to go to the school, which I think is just an awesome workaround. Uh, and the NCAA, um, instead of you know trying to ban these things, is actually changing the rules to, to facilitate this sort of thing. Which uh, I think is great because I think these the athletes should just get paid directly, and the closer we get to that, the better. Happy David Friedman face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take seventy one, Eniash. We could use something similar like this for music and the arts. Uh, I know music in particular is egregious. A lot of artists, the standard contract includes them signing over the rights to their work across the entire universe for all eternity. Uh, that, that literally says across the entire universe in the wow. contract. It's hey, insane. they can't say that. That's, that belongs to the Beatles. I I don't know, man. It's absolutely nuts. The the rights that they grab. Uh, it's one of the reasons Taylor Swift re-recorded all of her earlier yep. uh, re- uh, albums, so she'd have the rights to them. But uh, now the al- the recording companies are changing contract terms that say uh, you can't do that. So yeah, we we really need to find some way to fuck those guys over. Well, I mean, I think it's easier, way easier for artists to self-publish, uh, though that's still not a perfect solution. It's a pretty bad solution, but, but it is much easier than before. Yeah, so I, I would think, like, I don't know, I would be surprised if competition doesn't take care of this, because I think it's a lot easier to be a record label now, because there's le- just less you have to do, and there's just less involved in recording music. Like, I've recorded I've recorded songs, It's and they sound like professionally recorded songs of... 50 years ago uh you know except for the singing which is me so it's bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the actual producing was super easy so like i i feel like that just makes it way easier to be a record label you just need the marketing so hopefully marketing is hard yeah i'm just saying hopefully like the barriers to entry are low enough that that competitors can come in sign some some acts and and market them well and then maybe and and not have these ridiculous contracts Hmm. maybe we'll see that's my hope all right, seven, take 72. William Penn uh, has a statue in a nice uh, Philadelphia park. And they recently announced a redesign proposal. It's called Welcome Park. And the redesign was going to remove the William Penn statue. Uh, they didn't exactly say why, but it was widely presumed to be for, you know, woke reasons, because he's a white guy. The problem here is that William Penn uh, is awesome. And I, it's, it's unclear why even the wokest wokes would have a problem with him, uh, other than that just he's white. Uh, he was an abolitionist. He was extremely progressive for the time. He was kind of, like, more progressive than a lot of people today. Uh, he's just all-around good dude. Uh, so it was, um, it was pretty fucking weird. And the governor stepped in and <laughs> announced, like, a couple of days later that uh, William Penn is staying there and that these guys can get fucked. <laughs> so, Ineash, what's your take? My take is that it's nice that we're past peak woke. Maybe uh, four years ago, this would not have gone down the way it did. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and you have another take, 73. Uh, but it does suck that we still got to watch out for stuff like this, uh, like Hawks. It, this only came up because somebody noticed it and was like, hey, wait a minute, and made a big public stink about it. Indeed. All right. 
Next story. We can make dishwashers that work well again. Yay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Trump, I think by executive order at some point during his presidency, put in a rule that that took back some regulation on dishwashers that made them do like the super slow trickle of water that makes them take three hours and um so we can make dishwashers that don't take so fucking long again then mm. biden reversed the trump rule but recently the fifth circuit has overturned that reversal so we're back to the trump rule that says you're allowed to make actual functional dishwashers yes uh the fifth circuit said that the that biden's reversal was capricious and didn't really have any good reason for it indeed uh, all right take 74 Eniash. 74 this policy may have legit been worse for the environment the the um policy saying that you can't make dishwashers that work well because uh people actually would in some cases start um doing hand dishes uh dishes by hand rather than using a dishwasher just because they needed dishes that didn't take three freaking hours to get through and uh as anyone who has looked into this knows washing dishes by hand takes about four and a half times more water and something like three times more energy than using a dishwasher dishwashers are uh, yeah dishwashers are remarkably efficient uh so this actually policy was worse for the environment not better making people you have these extremely high efficiency but non- usable dishwashers uh, the department of energy acknowledged that and just kind of shrugged said whatever go fuck yourselves um showing once again that degrowth isn't primarily about the environment it's about causing suffering indeed the more you suffer the more you care mm-hmm. uh suffering that's the unit of caring right that's what we, all, <laughs> that's what we all agreed on it is all right good um all right next story the sec has approved a bitcoin exchange traded fund which means you can go on uh like vanguard or um any of the other like mutual fund providers and buy a fund that uh is tied to the price of bitcoin so you're basically Mm -hmm. investing in bitcoin without actually having to go through all the fucking rigmarole of buying bitcoin which even on an exchange is annoying yeah. Uh, so, Eniash, what's your take? Number just number seventy-five. My take is Bitcoin is now part of the system, man. It's here to stay. Hey. The government and the people with a lot of power are vested in it reigning. Yeah, that's true. Get fucked, um, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I read a thing a while ago that was like, "Yo, if the U.S. government wanted to crush Bitcoin, they definitely could. They could just buy up the computing power to overwhelm the blockchain." Um, but yeah, if like. The, act, the big finance firms are getting involved in it now, then there's no way they'll let them do that. So, cool. All right. That brings us to happy news. Good news, everyone. Yay. We've already covered a few happy news stories that were just in the wrong section, but we've got <laughs> even more. Uh, and the first one is from David. Yeah, so uh, we've got kind of a double feature with this one. Scientists have found yields can be increased in crops by running an electrical current through the plant's roots. And uh, University of Tennessee? I just put UT in the outline, which now seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And that's why you shouldn't use acronyms. Yeah, University of Tennessee botanists found that exposure to ethylene gas increases yields and stress tolerance in crops. Uh, All right, so take 76. This is not particularly noteworthy for terrestrial crops because we 
don't really have any shortage of food. Uh, but if anyone needs me in like 20 years or so, I'll be on my electrified ethylene hydroponics farm on Mars. <laughs> All right. See you there. All right. Next story. David again. Uh, NASA Exploratory Research Grant Fund uh, ha- project has funded a project to investigate ways to keep hydrogen at liquid temperatures in cislunar space. Uh, this would yeah. No, I saw this story and I was like, why the fuck would it be hard to keep uh, hydrogen liquid in space? Space is really cold. But then I saw that the boiling point of hydrogen is twenty Kelvin. Which is uh, really, really cold. Yep. And I don't know how cold space <laughs> is, but I think it's not that cold. Yep. Um, so if I'm not on the uh, electrified ethylene hydroponics farm on Mars, I may be a gas station attendant at one of the Earth Moon Lagrange Point fueling depots. Nice. All right. And that was take 77. Uh Take 78 is from Eniash about the story that a 13-year-old has finally beaten Tetris. Now, you might not know that you can beat Tetris, and actually, you can't. But what you can do is get a score so high that it breaks Tetris, <laughs> which has only been done before this by artificial intelligence. Uh, yes, it's not the score that breaks it, actually. Uh, it's a memory overflow error, uh, which doesn't happen until levels that are too high to get to through normal means. Uh, there's a fascinating, I don't want to call it a documentary, but more like a YouTube video about the history of this, uh, where they go through the various advances in Tetris. The most interesting one, in my opinion, was uh, it gets just too fast for humans to play effectively after a certain difficulty level, once it's at max speed, until someone discovered that you can just hold down one of the directional buttons on the pad and drum the bottom of the controller with your fingers, with a number of fingers equal to how many steps you want it to move over, and it'll just automatically zoop, put it right over to where you want it. It's really neat to watch them do this and obviously just plan out each drop by looking at the next piece uh, thing before it comes along. Uh, it's it's uh, the first error that sh- comes along with the memory overflow is that the colors change and some of the colors make it incredibly hard to see what's happening on the screen oh in some of these stages. <laughs> yes. Uh, but people powered on through that and eventually after many weeks and many, many hours, a 13-year-old kid got to into a race with a different Twitch streamer on uh, trying to crash the game and the 13-year-old kid won. It's pretty darn awesome. I recommend watching this video just as a feel-good, like, this This is kind of cool, the things that people will do just just to say they can do them, you know? Yeah, so this kid actually, like, his dad passed away, and this was part of the way he was processing his grief, was to, like, mm-hmm. get fixated on Tetris. Um, fun part of this, fun, fun detail of this story, uh, he got invited on onto Sky News in England, uh, and after he told this story, the uh, news anchor uh, basically told him to go outside and touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, I mean, I uh, was trying to process the grief from my dad's death, but that's cool. Thanks, guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fuck, fuck you, Sky News. I refer you back to my previous take about the media having less honor than the mafia. Indeed. All right, take 78, Eniash. What do you have to say about this? This was a better use of this kid's time than going to school. <laughs> like, Amen. Well, we already had that bingo space. So, uh, yeah, fuck schools. All right. (laughs) Next story, David. All right. Well, the same 
uh, NASA grant that we talked about two stories ago, way back then, <laughs> uh, is also funding a project to use swarms of laser-propelled one-gram probes to get to Proxima Centauri and possibly back uh, in eight years. I don't think they're coming back. That can't possibly be true. Proxima Centauri is almost eight light year, or four light years from us. They're saying that they can get him up to near relativistic speeds. Yeah, but it takes years to get up to that speed. I'm. I mean, this is why it's eight and not four. I'm just reporting on it. That's what I heard. I'm. I am also skeptical. Hence the question mark, but also exclamation point. <laughs> but no, I believe you know. it could get there in eight years. I don't believe it could get there and back in eight years. Oh, I don't think it's coming back at all. There isn't a laser on the other side to shoot him back. Oh, the laser is getting uh, is, is going to be on Earth? Is that on the drones? I mean, it's presumably going to be in the solar system, but They're... probably not on Earth. Because, you know, Yeah, the, the laser is not stuff. on the drones oh, okay. because the, the laser does not shoot particles out the back to make them go forward. There's a laser that shoots a light sail. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then this is definitely not coming back. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be fun. Uh, uh, take 79, David. Uh, if all government programs were like this one, uh, or if government programs like this one were the exception rather than the rule, I wouldn't be an anarchist. Um, I think you said it backwards. Yeah, I think you said it backwards, too. <laughs> but we get the drift. <laughs> yes. If they were the rule rather than the exception. I didn't say it backwards, uh, I wrote it backwards, which is even worse. <laughs> All right, take 80, EDH. Uh, this swarm is going to have to be autonomous and adaptable, which is also covered within that um, article. What they don't cover within that article is that this means our first extrasolar traveler is going to be an AI mind, which, um, I don't know, gives me some feels. Maybe kind of feels like an old watching a kid sail out into the unknown and wishing them the best and feeling proud. But uh, maybe it feels like a Wuhan researcher just hurling a vial of pathogen into an airport and uh, praying nothing bad happens. Into that first one, it's the correct feeling. Mm, I I think that um, AI minds are going to be closer to an AI pathogen than to a Yes, we know you think this, but you're wrong. Which is just have like... Would you just have like a real child? <laughs> you don't need to get your you don't need to get your like child feelings out on AI swarms. Look, I've been trying to impregnate ladies for a long time. The vasectomy has not helped things. So, I mean, <laughs> should we tell him? Let's just not tell him. I'm not about to stop trying though. All right, all right. Next story, Eniash. <laughs> um, an in womb surgery. Uh, allowed a fetus who had some major spinal deformities uh, to walk. It is now a five-year-old girl who's running around, jumping, and being completely normal, which uh, if they had not had this uh, technology to do this surgery within the room, she would be crippled, like in a wheelchair, unable to walk. And uh, the take is that it this only cost $11,000. It was literally $11,000 to make the lame walk. Jesus can't top that. Definitely not. Uh, that was take 81. Take 82, David. Uh, so, surprise take, Jesus did in fact top that. He did it for free. Uh, <laughs> free at cost, it, not though. just uh, paid for by someone else. Uh, but also, this is really fucking This is cool. how I know you haven't read the economics Bible, because there's no such thing as a free miracle. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, next story. We're on to the human interest stories, which means we're hearing from Eniash again. Take 83. 
Hmm. Uh, cops charged up five floors of a fiery building to carry out 90-year-olds on their shoulders. That take as many cops are great, actually, and good people can, should, could, can and should become cops as well. And they could be you. Yeah. Honestly, most cops are pretty darn good. All right. And last happy news stories. Another human interest one from Eniash. A hero dad saw a car getting washed under a bridge during a major flash flood. There was a woman and a baby inside this car. They broke a window and she handed the car seat out to, or the, the toddler out to the guy. And uh, he, he, you know, saved the baby from the drowning car, then got straps from his truck and strapped the car to the bridge that it was being pulled under so that it wouldn't go any deeper and then was able to save the woman as well. Damn. Uh, yeah. It was it was pretty heckin' awesome, and the take is that dude's rock. All right. That was take 84, and that brings us to troop deployments. And today, instead of your regular troop deployments, you're getting rapid-fire troop deployments. So we're going to start with David. Take 84, go. I'm sorry, 85. I wanted to get some dad advice from Wes, but he shirked his fatherly duties, <laughs> so Tetris story aside... Touch grass, talk to women, go to the gym, avoid most debt, and be excellent both in all you do and to each other. Take 86, Eniash. Hey, I've got a news story coming out soon. It's my first overtly biblical tale uh, based on the Canaan, based on literal um, retelling of the Cain and Abel story from a more rationalist but also more horrifying bent because I love me my Lovecraftian stuff. You can get it via Kickfarter through a link that is available in these show notes. It is already funded so you're definitely going to get it. There's lots of cool little extras if you want little extras. And my story got the full audio drama production which I didn't know until just this morning. Uh, it is one of two stories out of the 16 that got that so I feel really freaking special. That was a stretch goal which is already unlocked on day one of the kickstarter i'm so hyped about this whole thing there's 15 other great stories go nice. go read it Sweet. also i'd like to point out that you said kickfarter i have a cold <laughs> sir which i really hope is a thing all right take 87 it's on porn is that we should offer all h1b visa applicants citizenship for god's sake people we had 780,000 of them in the most recent fiscal year and we only granted 84,000 of the visas we should fuck the visas we should offer these people full citizenship h1bs are for college graduates who have technical skills we're just throwing away productivity here if we want that double digit productivity that eniash is uh prophesizing these are the people who are going to make it for us just give them all citizenship what the fuck are we even doing all right take 88 david hall is great i realize this isn't a particularly (laughs) spicy one but uh alcohol is broadly overrated by normies but also generally underrated by drug nerds it is pretty fun all right take 89 eniash in crystal lights a short story by greg egon a simulated universe develops sentient beings and the human simulators uh feel bad about this because they're like all dying and having diseases and you terrible violence and shit because you know it's just a simulated universe they weren't looking to actually get sentient smart things going in it and so out of moral obligation they turn off their ability to die they make them immortal they make their lives not terrible but uh there's also hardware constraints on this universe uh, as well as a few other things so they also turn off their ability to reproduce like we, we can't have these things breeding out of control and crashing our cpus uh 
Anyways, using the whole uh, fictional evidence argument, this demonstrates that our current demographic collapse proves that we're on the brink of solving aging and our AI matrix overlords are... Uh, actually, I'm not sure they're AIs. Our post-human matrix overlords are just preparing us for the immortality we're about to get and uh, making sure that we don't accidentally overpopulate the universe too quickly for them to buy some more CPUs. Awesome. All right, take 90 is that it's okay to have sex with people who are cheating. If their kink is monogamy, that's fine, and they can do that, but it's not up to the rest of us to enforce it, and their kink is not our responsibility. Uh, so they can have whatever little agreements they want, uh, but just like any other agreements between two private people, uh, it's not up to the rest of the society to enforce those agreements. Take 91, David. CrossFit is an injury factory, but you should maybe join a good one anyway. Um, everything <laughs> you've heard about CrossFit is true. Uh, they do tend to do some quite dangerous uh, exercises fairly regularly, but you also will generally have the same group of people doing the same exercises at the same times of day um, and the same days of the week. So you can quite easily get a nice little community of workout buddies going. So if you feel like social pressure is what you need to get fit, then CrossFit is a better option than many. Uh, just, you know, be aware of your uh, limits. Don't be an idiot and don't let them pressure you into forgetting the previous two points. All right. Take 92. Eniash. Take 92. Um, people talk a lot about body count. Um, how many people you have had sex with? I don't know. I guess that's an interesting statistic. But a more interesting statistic than body count is what is your age spread? Mine is negative 15 years to plus 12 years. I think it is more fun to talk about than just like, oh, how many people have you boinked? All right. Fair enough. Go ask everybody you know. All right. Take 93 is that if you're being illegible, I assume that it's because if you were legible, what you're saying would be boring, stupid, or offensive. So just say the thing you're trying to say. Uh, don't try to make it like, oh, I'm saying a thing without saying it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Counterpoint, take 94, David. Uh, legibility <laughs> slash esotericism is often good. It's a literary tool, and like many tools, can be used wrong, but you don't throw away a hammer just because it can't drive a screw. I do. <laughs> <laughs> take 95, Eniash. Make time to go get your flu slash COVID shot. Yeah, if you're like me, you have a icky reaction and you lose an entire day, but I have just lost 1 50th of my life this year to influenza B, and that sucks more than losing one day. I wish I hadn't been procrastinating as much as I had been. All right, take 96. All lives matter. Yeah, I said it. Uh, and we should have never stopped saying it. One of the things that I think you will be able to explain uh, to to the young kids who weren't alive then about how completely insane the summer of 2020 was, was that everyone uh, in the entire country basically agreed that the phrase all lives matter was a racist thing to say. Uh, it's not a racist thing to say. Uh, and we should people should say it all the time. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's a really important concept, uh, and we should remember that, and we should never have let ourselves get shamed out of it. Uh, David, take ninety-seven. 
Baldur's Gate 3 is fantastic. I am currently wrapping up Act 2 of my first Honor Mode playthrough. Uh, I did get knocked into Dishonor Mode by uh, fucking up one of the Act 1 fights. Uh, but it remains a very good game. Uh, it takes a lot of the obnoxiousness out of D&D, uh, and D&D 5e especially, while still remaining a fairly good simulation of the, uh, D&D combat system, and it is fantastically well written, and none of the preceding disproves my point about video games being broadly underpriced. <laughs> I agree, I'm on my second playthrough now, nice. it's awesome. Take 98, Eniush. Roy Stewart walked across Afghanistan in winter, accidentally discovered a lost city along the way, smoked opium in Iran, became a governor in Iraq, and ran for British Prime Minister almost successfully all in this century. Adventure isn't dead, you just have to be adventurous. Indeed. All right, take 95. Photos of text suck. They are much worse than actual text. Uh, And I understand why people do this, and it's because the platforms incentivize it. So... Really, this is a plea to platforms to stop incentivizing this and just have people post text, not photos of text. The problem with photos of text, there's a ton of them. Um, they don't actually link to the source of the text, so you got to find it some other way. Uh, they're often formatted stupidly. They read differently on desktop and mobile, with usually one being much worse than the other. You can't search for them if you're trying to find them later. You can't copy and paste them. Most algorithms don't recognize them. And you can't choose light or dark mode. They're just so annoying. So please, just make it so, so people can post text. Uh, it's way better. All right. And since that was take 99, that means we're on our last take. Take number 100, and this is from everybody, which is that this show we're doing is not costless. We are damaging our sanity every week, reading the news so you don't have to. So please give us some money. Support the Mind Killer on Substack. You'll be glad you did. You'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord. You'll get our episodes early, and you'll get our full bonus episodes, which are awesome, where we talk to super interesting people. Including a scene mascot. Indeed. The next NRA CEO, if they know what's good for them. They don't. They don't. All right. That is our 100th episode. Thanks for listening this far. Uh, We will be back in two weeks. Same rat time. Same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Well, good night, everybody. It sure has been great bringing you 100 episodes. We want to thank our guests, the pro-war people and the anti-war people. What the hell are they doing now? I-, I don't know. For the war, against the war, who cares? 100 episodes.